We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. Today we get to tune in and listen to our November breakfast with Chris Munch. Let's tune in and listen to his message to the Brotherhood. Here we are, Brotherhood. The Brotherhood. Is it, is it just me or does Brotherhood sound a little old English? Like, I don't know where this name came from, but it's a little, 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 little bit of like Three Musketeers-ish. Just a little, raise your goblets. Welcome to the Brotherhood. Is this going to be, is this attached to the Renaissance Fair? Is that, is that what this is? Part of a, next month we're going to be at the Muskogee, uh, the Muskogee Castle, the Castle of Muskogee, so be looking for it. Um, I'm going to talk a little, bit to, uh, a little bit about my story today, or maybe a lot of bit about my story today, uh, and, you know, um, God just brought me on an amazing journey over the last, I don't know, decade or whatever, and I think I have... Um, I don't know, some, some unique gifts and some, some things that maybe don't always fit with the status quo when it comes to ministry. And I'm just wondering if there aren't some guys in the room that maybe feel that way too. That like maybe, maybe, maybe getting up on a stage and preaching or something like that. It's like, I don't, I don't really know how that would work. Uh, that's not really me. But, but what I'm here to tell everybody today is that it's a very simple message. We all have gifts we all have things that God has given us. We all have talents that God has given us. And he wants to use those gifts and talents to expand his kingdom. And it's on us to kind of discover what those talents are and, and to refine those talents and, to, and, to, and to, to refine those to the degree that God can use those to reach more and more people. And so um, the thing is the enemy knows that. He knows that our gifts make room for us and bring us before great men. And so what he tries to do is he tries to get us. He can't just steal our gifts because God's given them to us. But what he tries to do is to get us to abandon our gifts. He tries to get us to kind of to, to devalue our gifts or push our gifts to the side and think, well, I could never do anything like that. And so that's kind of what my story is about today. And I, I remember the first time that the enemy tried to get me to, to abandon my gifts. Uh, you know, growing up, I was, I was kind of this, this silly kid, kind of weird kid. I, I remember loving to just make my family laugh. And I would do, you know, just silly characters or just would do kind of funny stuff all the time. And I had, I had a picture. I, I wanted to, to bring it and show you, but it fell into the dash of my car. And so I'm not able to share that with you, but I'll describe it. But it's a picture of me as like a two-year-old, and I'm wearing this cowboy outfit, and I'm in the middle of all my relatives, and they're all, there's this picture, they're all laughing, and I'm just like doing some stupid thing. And that picture is so meaningful to me because it speaks to the fact that even as a young boy, this is something that was a part of me, that God had put this inside of me a long time ago. And I remember when I was in the sixth grade, I was sitting in class, and I would get bored at, at school, quite frankly, and, and I, my mind would wander, and I was always kind of off in my own world with my, this hyperactive imagination, and I remember sitting in a row, 
And I don't know, I don't remember what was going on in my mind, but this is literally what I was doing. I'm going to demonstrate what I was doing as a sixth grader. I was sitting in my desk and I was doing this. (laughs) This girl is sitting in front of me. She turns around and she looks me dead in the eyes and she goes, you're weird. And I'm like, you're right. Like, I was like, yeah, you know what, fair enough, true. And I remember this sinking feeling, this, this shame just kind of gripping me. And I remember sinking back into my desk and going, like, this is weird. What am I, why, this is so weird. Why am I doing this? And it's funny how those things, those little things stay with you. Because I remember for like the next seven years of my life, my whole thing was like, just don't be weird. Just don't be weird. And, I, and I, I spent my high school years just trying to fit in and trying, like, like, round off all the weird edges. Like, just be normal. And that was the enemy trying to get me to just be normal. Because I don't think God created any of us to just be normal. He puts these things inside of us so that we'll stand out, that we weird. Being weird was actually a gift, being unique was actually a gift. And I remember, like, after high school, and even, like, through high school, I had this desire to be seen. I had this desire to, like, want to perform. And, like, I don't know if you, anybody, like, big 90s, like, Saturday Night Live fans, like, the golden years with, like, uh, you know, uh, Dana Carvey, Mike Myers, Chris Farley, all those guys were, like, my heroes. Jim Carrey. I mean, Jim Carrey. He was just like my idol. I loved all, like, I could do all the stuff. I emulated all those guys. You know, I, I could do the, the, uh, the Ace Ventura walk. You guys know what I'm talking about? The... None of my friends could do it, but I could do it. And I worked that thing. I would, oh, just all over the time. Hey, what's up? And so, I... Like, I, 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 there was a part of me that, like, I love to, to do those kinds of things. I love to, to, to make people laugh. And so, but, but it was like, I don't want to be weird. But, like, there was this, there was this, this inside of me, this, this draw to, to perform and to, to act and to be crazy. But I didn't really have any idea what to do with it. You know, I'm just this kid in Owasso, Oklahoma. And then uh, uh, our church, Church on the Move, we started doing 180. We launched this new youth ministry. And we, they, we were going to do dramas, like, like sketches and stuff in our services. And so, you know, they were doing tryouts. And I'm like, Ugh. all my friends are like, you have to do this. I'm like, Ugh. Finally did it. I tried out. I made the team. And I remember the first time we performed, it went amazingly well to my shock. And I remember afterwards, all these people coming up to me and just being like, bro, that was amazing. That was so good. And, like, and I'm just like, I didn't even know. I was just like, I had discovered a gift for maybe the first time. In my, like, you have to understand, at this point in my life, like, there wasn't a whole lot going good for old Chris here, okay? Like, I, I drove my mom's minivan, right? I was not attractive. I had horrible grades. I had to take night school to pass high school. Yeah, like, it was bad, right? The only girl I had any kind of romantic relationship with was little Debbie, And what a tour d'affaire we had. 
She understood me. She got me. She was always there for me. <laughs> but I found a gift, and it was like mind-blowing. And then, and, then, and then what was amazing about that is we got to do every Wednesday night. Like for years, I got to just hone that gift and get to refine that gift and, and did that for years and years and eventually uh, came on staff at Church on the Move and, and we did uh, sketches in our adult services and, and for years and years and years got to perform and, and use that gift and loved it, was thriving in it. And then the second time the enemy tried to get me to abandon my gift it was a little later and some things shifted at work and all of a sudden like it was, I was starting to feel like, oh, the, the things that I used to do, we're not really doing those things as much as we used to. And like, I, I get it. I was like, this is, this is great. I'm on board with where we're going. But, it, but I, could, I could feel this like tension of like, I'm not really doing the things I used to do. And that was creating turmoil. That was creating this, 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 um, this gap. And I didn't really know what to do with it. And so over the course of several years, uh, I was just doing a lot less performing, and I was doing a lot of other things that were good things, but it wasn't like my sweet spot. And I remember just thinking, like, it, it just kept building, and I, and I thought, you know, okay, I, I think it's just time. I'm getting older. I'm in my, my, my mid to late 30s at this point. And the church doesn't need me to do the things that I, that I used to do. And I, I, think it's just, I think it's time for me to grow up. I think it's time, you know, let's put the, let's put the costumes away, okay? Let, let, let's grow up. Let's get a real job. <laughs> let's, 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 let's do real work, okay? Like, like our, our founding pastor, Willie George, I don't know if you guys know this, but he, he had a children's show called Gospel Bill. And I just kept thinking, like, at some point, Gospel Bill put the cowboy hat away, right? Like, at some point, he was like, it's time for me to lead the church. And so I thought, okay, I think what, what, what it's time for me to do is to kind of be a leader now. Okay, it's time for me to kind of, I got to be like the guy who leads people. And, and, and all the people in my life at that time that I respected and still respect greatly. Like, that's kind of their progression. It was like, you, you got to lead a church at some point, right? So I was thinking, okay, I think, I think like, maybe what God's wanting me to do is to be a senior pastor. I kind of feel like that's probably what maybe I was supposed to do. And, 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 and lead a team. And so uh, I, I, I started reading some John Maxwell books. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm the lid. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm the lid. Okay, dang it. Um, that's, a, that's a John Maxwell deep cut, if, there, if anybody reads John Maxwell stuff. Uh, but but I, I just started like, to try to put on, to kind of lay down my gifts and kind of look at these other things. Like, I think that's really what I'm supposed to do. And I think it probably goes without saying, didn't go so well. Okay trying to lead a small portion of the creative team and failing miserably. 
Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm supposed to lead these people to. I, like, I'm asking all these questions that, like, I, I, I talk to a mentor. It's just like, yeah, people with leadership gifts don't ask those questions. <laughs> that's, that's exciting to them. Like, no one's telling me where to go. Yeah, you're supposed to lead. That's the whole point. Didn't go well. And I was miserable. And I could feel it. I'm just like feeling like I'm, there's all these things that I'm really good at that I'm not doing, but I'm trying to do these things that I'm not super great at. And it just created this, this tension and it created this frustration in my life. Like I, 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 was, I was exhausted all the time. And I was like, I'm not, even, I'm not even accomplishing that much work. <laughs> I'm exhausted. And I was, I was losing hope. And I, and I was just kind of drying up. And I, and I did, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing over, over a several year period. So there were times where you know, things would get better or, or just kind of these ebbs and flows, but I'm kind of squashing all those several years into kind of just one idea. And it was just that I just felt kind of empty. And I just remember wrestling with God like, <laughs> what am I doing? Like, I, I was trying my hardest to just obey God. I just wanted to do what he wanted me to do. That's all I wanted. And, I, and I'd always been a part of, of Church on the Move and always doing those things, and I, and I loved it so much. And I think I just, I couldn't come to grips with maybe there was, there was a death coming in my life. And the season needed to end before a new life could come. And I just remember preparing for a mountain trip. And I was out on this hill, climbing this hill up and down. And I was just crying out to God. Sorry. <laughs> and I just remember yelling at God. And I was like, what do you want me to do? And I'm pretty sure there were some curse words in there as well. And I was just laying it all out. I was so angry. And I'm so thankful that I had community in my life and had friendships and had people in my life that I could go to and work these things out with. I think about Lee and I, I think about Wit and I think about Brian Job. And I think about guys like Dr. Neiman and Kirby Anderson. I mean, I've had all these people, and, I'm, and I understand that may not be your situation, but that was my story. I had all these people that I was able to turn to. And I remember meeting with a mentor, and we, we kind of did a deep dive into my past, kind of going, okay, let's get you back like connected to what it is God's called you to do. And we, we went back and we looked at my past and we looked at what, what had God blessed in the past. And, and we, we, you know, we were talking about things like even like dad life and like the things that God had blessed us with were just performances and things we'd done in the past. And I, and I was looking at all these things that, that God had, had used up to this point. And it was all like performing and it was all like creating moments for people. And, and 
these joy, joyous things or, or, or challenging people with ideas. And there weren't any leadership wins on that list. There wasn't like, I led the team to here. It was more about like performance stuff. And I, I asked this mentor, I said, what is it? Like, where is like the, you know, being a senior pastor, like where does all that stuff fit into this? And he just looked at me point blank. It was just like, we had all these charts and all this stuff on the wall. And he's just like, yeah, I don't see it. Like, based on everything you've shared with me and your life history, like, I don't, he's like, you have a, sir, you have a, you have a pastor's heart, you have a, you have a shepherd's heart, but, like, leading an organization, like, I just don't, I don't see that, I don't see it, and it was so, it was, at the, in the moment, it was just like, oh, can he say that? And I had to wrestle with it a little bit, but it was, it was exactly what I needed to hear. It was the liberation I needed to stop looking at other people's gifts and start looking at the gifts that I actually had and embracing those gifts. And I remember part of that, I had to, I had to repent to God because I had, I had, I had, the, I had looked at the gifts that I had and devalued them. I had looked at the gifts that I had and thought, these are lame. What this guy has over here, that's what I want. That's what I, that's what I need. And that's a slap on the face to God. And I remember I was on this hill. I had hiked that day, and, and um, I just asked God to speak to me. And literally this bird landed like four feet in front of my face. And it was this beautiful blue bird, and the light was hitting it. There's all these colors, all this radiance. And I'm seeing all these intricacies in it. And it was like, this is amazing. And I felt like God said to me, just like, how dumb would it be for this blue bird to think that he has to be a red bird to be beautiful? Like, how, how silly is it to, like, to think, like, this bird's going to have to, like, like, acquire red feathers and put them on itself, and now it'll be beautiful. And that's like exactly what I was doing. That's exactly what I was doing. And so, I had to repent of that, and had to embrace my own gifts. And it was still a struggle to work through all my issues, and, you know, there was still, it was, still years after some of those events before I felt like I could even completely embrace my gifts. One of the reasons was there was just a lot of like identity wrapped up in my gift too. Like I, I had be, kind of become my gift. Like if I'm like, like acting and performing, if, like I'm the, if, I'm, if I'm not the Chris Munch funny guy or I'm, if I'm not the church on the move funny guy, then who, then who am I? There's a lot of work that had to be done to kind of embrace God as my father and, and, and that my gifts are something that I'm to serve people with, not something to validate myself with. And there's a poignant moment that happened with me and Dr. Neiman. I, I saw a counselor to kind of help me work through some of this stuff. And you know what that jerk had me do? Do you know what he had me do, 
He tells me, he goes, I want you to buy a sleeve of bubbles, buy a bottle of bubbles, and at random times, without explaining to anybody, just blow bubbles. He's like, anytime there's bubbles, you can't see bubbles and not smile. And I'm like, you're about to see that. I'm about to prove you wrong. He was trying to connect me to that boyhood innocence of just wanting to make people smile and make people laugh. And it was really uncomfortable because I wanted to be dignified. I wanted to be respected. I wanted to be some, some man that everyone looks at and goes, wow, amazing. I want, instead of just connecting to my gifts, and like, you know what, I'm really good at making people laugh. Why don't we just stick with that? And I remember this time doing, I mean, it's, it's hard to look cool doing this, right? You know, the bubbles, like, you can't, it's, it's not a dignified activity. And so I remember this one time, I, I, I was, I'd done it around the office a couple times, very awkward. <laughs> but one time, I was going to Target with my son, Lewis, who was five at the time. And we get out of the car, and I'm like, hey, bud, you want to do some bubbles? And he's like, heck yeah, I do. <laughs> and so I'm walking up to Target, just... It's like, how weird is that? How weird is that? But that's exactly what I had to break through. I had to, I had to embrace my weirdness. And I was uncomfortable until I saw my son. I was uncomfortable. Like, oh, people are looking at me, weird. And then I see my son, he's having the freaking time of his life. I'm like his hero in that moment. He's like, this is the coolest entrance to Target I've ever been to. And that's the power of connecting with your gifts. You can actually serve people with your gifts when you get out of your own way and humble yourself and lay down your ideas of how you want to be perceived and, and whatever. And that was a, a process I had, I had to go through. And then after that, there was uh, just a, a, a time of... Um, I just, I, 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 so yeah, so, so, so that season was about reconnecting to my weirdness. <laughs> that weirdness I tried to shave off the edges, I tried to round off the edges. Of, I had to, to reconnect to that uniqueness and, and be okay with being a little silly, being okay with being a little weird, be okay with being a little unique. And I remember having this meeting with, with Pastor Witt, and he kind of laid out and just kind of shared his heart on where, like, the arts team, kind of where he, where he, where he kind of saw it going. And I remember just feeling this, like, I don't know how to describe it other than maybe a release, I guess, to hear people talk about this. I just felt this, like, peace knowing, like, oh, I don't, I don't fit into this. I don't, I don't fit in where this is going. And that's okay. That's a really good thing because it means that God has a next step for me, and it means that God has a next step for the team that I'm leaving. And I was so caught up in like, I don't want to abandon anybody, and I don't want to, but the, the fact of the matter is I needed to just get out of the way. 
God was raising up new people. And so I made the decision to to step out and leave Church on the Move after working for 22 years. And I just kind of stepped out and just kind of like, all right, I'm going to just kind of do freelance, but I didn't know what exactly I was going to do, but I know I needed to reconnect to my performing gifts and, and comedy. And so... I remember I did a show, a comedy show, a stand-up comedy show. I hadn't done one in several years, and, or maybe two years. And I, I just remember, like, seeing people laughing and seeing people enjoying themselves. And I just felt this, like, oh, I can breathe again. I just felt this rush of energy. But, you know, you can't leave your job uh, and just decide to become a stand-up comic and think you're going to provide for your four kids. <laughs> uh, Stand-up comedy is a, is a tough gig. Uh, and so I didn't know exactly how God was going to provide for me, but I just had this peace that, like, just step out. Just step out. And I think I learned through that season uh, just how to trust God in, an, in, another, in, a, in a new way, in another level. Um, and stepped out and... Long story short, just God has provided for me in, a, in amazing, amazing ways. I, I started um, doing stand-up comedy for a little while, and then in January of this year, started doing characters and stuff on social media, and in 10 months on TikTok, just crossed 100,000 followers, and God's just been blessing me tremendously. I'm doing all this super fun stuff, and, I, and, I, and I'm playing these ridiculous, silly characters, but I'm bringing joy to people. And, I, and, and it's, it's been so rewarding, but also I just feel like, I feel like I'm just getting started. Like, I know there's ministry coming on the other side of this too. Like, there's going to be more opportunities to be connected with people and to minister people in, in unique and, and impactful ways. And so... My story is maybe somewhat unique on the surface, but I think, I think it's, it's universal to a lot of us. And so I, I think that God, he does bless what we put our hands to, and our gifts do make room for us. And so what I want to talk about Oh, I guess I'm almost out of time here. Do I need to, do I need to close it down? 7.32? Real quick, real quick then. I'm just, I want to just give you five, <laughs> five takeaways. <laughs> just real quick, 15 notes here, real quick. <laughs> now I can blow through these real quick. Five thoughts about how to steward your gifts well. Number one, obviously, you need to discover your gifts. But what does that mean? A lot of people, you know, I just kind of do what I do. I don't, I don't think about them as being gifts. But look for your weird. Look for your uniqueness. And have the, have the courage to step into the weirdness and your uniqueness. There's a program called Your One Degree. I went through this program. It was very helpful. Um, Dave Jewett, they're going to be out in the lobby. If this is something that's resonating with you, it's just like, I feel kind of stuck. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do. If maybe feel high-centered, 
go talk to those guys out there. There's a program that can help you kind of break down what God has blessed you in the past and, and kind of help you find your, your, your gifts and how to use them better. Number two, value your gifts. I was just talking to, to Tom earlier. He was talking about Adam Sandler. They used to say Adam Sandler was his friends and, and adult mentors, people with, with he's weird. You're doing weird stuff. Like, what are you, like, no one's saying he's weird now. Okay, turns out weird pays pretty well. So, so, so lean into your weirdness, but, but value what God has given you the ability to do. Don't look at somebody else and compare your gifts to them and feel like, oh, I, I wish I was really good at making money like that guy or whatever. Like, just, just, just trust that what God has put in your heart to do, he has a purpose for. And he can bring blessing to you that you have no idea he's able to do. So value what God has put in your heart. Refine your gifts. That's pretty self-explanatory. I have a quote, but I'll just skip it. Serve with your gifts. That's the other thing. Your gifts should be outward focused. Your gifts should be outward focused. When I think about taking the stage, when I think about making people laugh, it's just that. I'm thinking about making people laugh. I'm, I'm thinking about giving them joy, not, not validation. A lot of comedians talk about getting laughs. That's not what this is about. It's about serving people with what you can do, what uniquely the things you can do. Serve people with it. And I'm tired of hearing about men chasing after success or chasing and, and abandoning their families. Because, well, I'm good at this, so I got to do it. Like, serve with you. If your gift is controlling you, like, that's not a good thing. You're not serving with that gift. You should be, this gift should be making the world a better place for the people around you and the, and, and the people that God's put in your life. Um, and then lastly, trust God with your gifts. It's going to require a greater deal, a, a, a greater level of trust. Um, I knew, uh, I knew I was supposed to step out and use my gifts, but I, I think I kept getting hung up with maybe some of the how. And I kept asking God, I wanted God to just tell me what to do. Chris, go do this. That's not how it worked for me. I, had, I, had, I was wanting more clarity, but what I actually needed was more trust. And so I actually had to take a step and walk it out before God would bless me. And I just want to just say that this is not a brag on me. This is a brag on God. I am a full-time performer and actor providing for my family that is extremely rare. There's 160,000 people in the Screen Actors Guild. Okay, anybody you see in Hollywood, you see on, they're part of the union, the, the labor union, the Screen Actors Guild, 160,000 of them, only 2% of them make a living at acting. That's 2% of the people that have Screen Actors Guild cards. Okay, that's, that's, it's, it's very similar numbers to like, like, uh, like being a professional athlete. And, and being, so, so like, uh, if you're a D1 student, or a, a, make it into the D1 college, that would be like you're getting into the Screen Actors Guild. And only 2% of those people. This is, God, God knows how to bring you what you need when you embrace your gifts. When you line your gifts with his calling and embrace your weirdness and do what, what, he's, what he's put in your heart to do, he will provide for you. And you can have courage to step out and do that very thing. Okay, I'm done. Thank you guys so much.